Hey, this is Bez Stone. And this is Freya Dietrich. And welcome to the Infinite Relating Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hi, welcome back. We're back in the same room again. Yay. <laughs> I'm back. Well, that the sad part is that I means I'm back from Hawaii. And Hawaii is incredible. <laughs> the happy part is I'm home. Yes, and I'm but back. I get Bez back. Yeah. We get to see each other again and hang out. And I'm back in community, which feels really, really good. Yeah. After having an amazing vacation with my beloved. So yummy. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so good. And I'm excited to be back and doing our podcast for the week. And I think that, you know, we, we always, like you guys know, sit here and kind of talk about what's most fresh for us. And when Max and I were on our vacation, we read this book that ended up being like a huge part of our journey. And so we wanted to talk about that a little bit, some of the concepts in that book, um, which is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's amazing. We'll talk all about it in a second. <laughs> um, to to approach the topic of like how to have the relationships that we want, because we all know people who, or I, I at least know people, I assume most people know someone who wants a relationship, but doesn't have one right. or who's in a relationship and is miserable and wants a different kind of relationship than the one they have. And I really think that just like how we're always questioning this happy, happily ever after story, you know, we have this sort of cultural notion that once you get the partner, then you're just happy all the time. Uh. And that, and that it actually takes work to be happy, I think, is a concept that sort of, yeah, is, is emerging in our in our world, you know, yes. where that's actually something that we're starting to recognize. Like, in order to have the relationship I want, that actually takes me participating in a way that lets me have it as opposed to me, you know, deflecting it, blocking it, doing all these things that will. Yeah, this is about. where this is where I like I'm really hard on Disney. I feel like Disney yeah. especially fucked me up. This happily ever after totally. notion. And I remember actually just saying this week, like. It's the happily ever after is actually more damaging than like the the quest to a partnership for me right. because the happily ever after means that when it when it isn't happily ever after there's something wrong with yeah. me it's because I'm I'm defective and like I think I was joking like really what it is not happily ever after it's anxious and avoidant ever after yes. it's triggered ever triggered after, ever after. <laughs> it's dissociated <laughs> trauma response ever after like oh that is the God. truth because when you go in deep with somebody all of that stuff comes up. Yep. And so that's when it like really starts. That's when the, that's when the work starts. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say that an infinite relating for me, cause you know, I've been in, well, this one infinite relationship that I have currently and then several non-infinite relationships <laughs> that I had previously. And I, you know, I think in one way, infinite relating brings up more stuff for me because it's so, it's so, res- it's so, accepting of reality that mm. you know I, I don't have as much control as I might like to think I do that you know even even in a marriage commitment for life situation it is ultimately impermanent whether it's through death or some other reason why people don't stay together um you know I just I feel like I have my eyes more wide open about letting go sort of continually even as I fall deeper in love and have deeper levels of commitment so in one way it sort of brings up more triggers because I'm being so present with what's true. Right. Yeah. And like the impermanence of, and my relationship specifically, I think has maybe more of that than some other ones do just because of our, like I've talked about our big age difference and some of our different life Mm. goals. There isn't a sense of like, okay, we're going to do this together for the rest of our lives. We're like, 
Right. Something's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be different <laughs> when my kids are old and I'm ready to travel and he wants to have kids and that's not going to be with me. Yeah, it's um, less of a default. Like yeah, ride. Yeah. totally. So that in one sense brings up, you know, more triggers. But then in the other sense, I feel like because we have our eyes wide open and infinite relating, or at least I would say for me, I do, then it's almost like I get to, I get to deal with things more often. But, but they're smaller, you know, mm. instead of in a typical relationship, I think sometimes no one really talks about it for years and then there's like right. a huge falling out or right. months, you know, or, you know, the shit really hits the fan and it's like, oh my God, it's been, I know that from previous relationships where it's like, I've been unhappy for years and Absolutely. I haven't said anything. And then when you have that fight, you're not fighting about the one thing that you're fighting right. about, like who didn't put something away. You're actually fighting about like 10 years the of whole bullshit thing. that yeah. like, you've never spoken to. Yeah. And I know I've been finding that, I, that's like a really great Reminder, I, like, especially in the last couple of weeks, what I've been noticing is, is, like, when I'm trying to decide, do I bring this up? Do I share this with my partner? Because self-management, self-awareness is a big right. part. Management with Bez is a really big part right. of my partnership. <laughs> but for me, the marker is, is this consuming my energy? Is, mm. it, is it sticking with me? Is it staying? If it's something that's alive in my system am I feeling like I'm withholding it from my partner? Yeah. You know, the, and so that's like, where, where is it something that I can process and then I kind of let go and I move through, then, then, I, then I'm probably okay and I can self-manage. Mm-hmm. But if it's something like it's so alive that to not share with them when we're t- together feels like a withhold, then likely that's something I need to bring up. And it might be something small. And sometimes just saying it, just speaking it, like, oh, I'm anxious because of this or I'm feeling uncomfortable. Right. That might be all that needs to happen. But yeah, having these continual check-in instead of waiting until something's really big right that and I think maybe that's part of like what's different when infinite relating is like we're not afraid to have the conversations we're not afraid we're going to blow it up right with truth because we're like no truth is what drives these relationships yeah absolutely great well I feel like now we're we're hovering around a different one that I had thought we would do first here (laughs) which is great because we're infinite podcasters here (laughs) but what I'm really hearing you talk about and us talk about is honesty Mm. And I would say that, you know, if the, if our topic here is like, how do we have, how do you have the relationship we want? Like, how do we have the intimacy that, that many of us, I would say, want? And that's why people listen to us and why we're doing this <laughs> is because we want intimacy and we want connection and we want, you know, yummy sex and we want beautiful, you know, however that looks, you know, yeah. for each person. Um, that honesty in so many ways is such, has to be such a foundation. And I feel like has been for both of us yeah. in order to have the relationships we really want. And I think what I'm hearing you say is, you know, that continual um, vulnerable honesty with our partner, because when we don't do that, that's, that's what really drives a wedge between us. And when I picture times in my relationships, previous relationships where, yeah, there's that feeling of going to bed like strangers, you know, yeah. and there's this divide, divide. growing <laughs> yeah. and growing. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, oh, that's just the wor- one of the worst feelings I know, um, and I think that to have intimacy definitely requires a level of honesty with each other where we're willing to, like you were saying, bring up the things that um, we might normally withhold. Or if it's, na- if it's knocking around in our head, it's like, oh, fuck, I got to say this one you right. know, and, and start there. And I think part of like, I know for me is the fear is like, oh, if I share this, they might feel like I'm blaming or projecting mm-hmm. and to be able to just just to be like, actually, this is just alive. And I don't, and I don't want you to fix it. I don't need, I'm not even asking you to change anything. I'm just saying like, this is a sensation I'm having and it's taking up space in my experience. Totally. And, and trusting that like the person I'm spending a lot of close time with 
if I'm really feeling something like that and it's gnawing at me, they're going to notice, they're going to feel that energy and they're probably going to feel that withhold too. Absolutely. You know, it's just like being able to speak to it and then speak to it and then maybe you can move on. But yeah, yeah, it's, and it's very new for me. I think I feel like I was really good at gaslighting myself. Mm -hmm. Like as long as it looks good from the outside, that's all that matters and everything's fine and what's my problem. But but just being able to have, like, slightly uncomfortable conversations saves me from a lot of, like, really big uncomfortable yes. conflicts later. Oh, my God. That is so true. Yeah. That is so real. I think that's definitely something I've learned the hard way, too, is that, you know, when I when I don't... The, the easiest time to say something difficult is as soon as possible. Right, right. Like, there's nothing about waiting that makes it better <laughs> at all. No. Like, it's just... Because then it's like, well, I have this really difficult topic to bring up with you, like whatever it might be, you know, yeah. I withheld something from you. I've attracted to someone else. I, I did, a, I took an action that you might not like. I spent some money, whatever it is, you know, it's like, then I don't, and then not only do I have to reveal that I did that thing or thought that thing or want this thing, but I also have to tell them that I didn't tell, haven't told them for right. months or years. Yeah. I told Bez right. <laughs> and I ran through all these scenarios. Yeah. yeah. Or year, like you said, years. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I was talking about the beginning of this book, the big leap, written by Gay Hendricks that uh, Max and I were reading on vacation and that you've also started, Freya. Yes. Um, It's so good. And Gay Hendricks and his wife, Katie, are two of my primary teachers from 20 years ago when I first, when I first, you know, was like, there's something, when I, I would watch people fight and I would watch, you know, my, remember my parents' conversations or, you know, um, conflicts and see community members, couples fighting. And I was like, something going on here that isn't what they're mm, fighting about you know it was my I was like 20 something and I was like observing this happen where I could hear their words and I could see what they thought they were fighting about <laughs> and I knew there was another thing going on and I was just kept asking like what is what is actually happening here right. you know and so they're some of the first teachers that really helped answer that question learning about like the drama triangle the hero victim villain triangle yes. which is so worth researching if you've never learned about that and some of these other concepts that are coming up in this podcast right now. And so what they talk about with honesty is this series of events that happens when we aren't honest that they call withhold, withdraw, project. And what happens is you withhold something from your partner. And then the process of withholding requires us to get distant and to withdraw because you can't keep a secret from someone and be close to them. Right. Like I've definitely tried to do that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And it has never worked. And then part of why it doesn't work is I get weird. You know, I get weird because I have to kind of twist myself around the secret to protect myself and them from... And they feel that and you feel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we end up withdrawing. And then when we we withdraw, people notoriously end up projecting on the other person. So there's all these examples um, that I've experienced myself too as a coach where, you know, someone's accusing someone of having an affair and they're actually the one doing it. Right. Or someone's accusing oh, someone yeah. of withdrawing and they're ac- it's actually you that withdrew because right. you had this big secret, you know, so there's a way that we, we tend to project our own stuff onto our partner when we're far away from them mm. because we don't, we aren't actually connecting with them and giving them the chance to, to be intimate with us by, you know, sharing secrets. Right. Right. So I think that goes with honesty is also, and I think, you know, you and I talk about this all the time, is being a receiver of honesty. So honesty goes both ways. Like I need to be willing to share my truth with my beloveds and intimates and friends and children and whatever, you know, 
share the difficult truth or the vulnerable truth, but it also means I have to be a, a receptacle for truth where it's safe for someone to be truthful around me. That's, yeah, that's a creating safety. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's with all of it, like being a safe place to hear no, being a safe place mm-hmm. to hear truth. Because, yeah, if, if they're, if they have to protect themselves or arm themselves before they even come to you, yeah, then it's not going to, they're going to learn it's not worth it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we, we still, even as these, uh, carriers of this, you know, infinite relating <laughs> process, there's times where our partners tell us things and we're upset about it, you know? So it's yeah. not always easy to be a, a good receiver of the truth. Um, it can take remembering that you know, someone is sovereign and they don't, they don't owe me anything. And that happened on vacation with us actually a couple of times in very small ways. Right. But there were totally times where I wanted to cuddle and Max was like, oh, I'm, I'm hot and I want a little distance. And I was like, <laughs> he doesn't love me anymore. And, you know, I went in this whole storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Like instead of realizing, well, he's a sovereign being and he was brave and shared, you know, truthfully with me what, and thank goodness now you know when he does connect with you, it's right. from his authentic desire right. and not out of obligation. Like, that's huge for me. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, saying all these things and having these tools and knowing these things doesn't take the sting out. It doesn't yeah. take the pain out. It doesn't, and, and maybe, pra- I think practice does. Like, yeah. the more we practice it and we survive, right. you know, and then we come back together. But, but yeah, I think that has been a really big thing for me this last couple of weeks is like, oh, I have all these tools, I have this awareness, I'm practicing, I'm doing the things, and it's still, when it hurts, it still fucking hurts. Yeah, it does. It's just, yeah, and so, and, and being, being okay with that, and being able to hold my own discomfort without having to make anybody wrong. Yeah. Or project it, yeah. Yeah, and without making it mean anything. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing for me, is really, um, yeah, allowing, allowing someone to, be sovereign, be honest with me, make choices that are right for them, be brave enough to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me to really receive that as a pure, as their pure expression, as opposed to them, you know, trying to, like me trying to interpret, okay, what are they, what are they really right. trying to say? And create some big story. You know, what are they really trying to say? Yeah. And actually speaking of projection, whenever I notice that I'm making up that story, like, okay, what are, they, what are they trying to covertly tell me through this? Mm. You know, so he says, I'm hot. I don't feel like cuddling right now. We were in Hawaii. It was very hot there. So, there was, <laughs> so this is true. This happened. Sweaty, <laughs> hot, whatever. Need a little breathing room. You know, my I could go to, okay, what is he trying to tell me? Is he trying to, is he not attracted to me anymore? Is he bored with me? You know, all these things. Right. And just noticing, you know, that that's the projection of that. That's and then it, to be able to turn it around to myself and just just wonder. And it might not always be true, but just wonder, like, am I, you know, what am I trying to communicate mm. something? Like, am I bored? Am I, you know, is any of the things I'm accusing him of is that actually me? Right. You know, is that actually something that that I might be doing right now? Um, and I, I really, yeah, I really enjoy the process of putting myself in my partner's shoes and. And actually imagining what it would feel like if I, if he did some of like the shitty behaviors that I sometimes do or have done in the past. This is great. I'm doing pretty good right now with my (laughs) shitty behaviors. But yeah, just imagining, you know, him sharing his truth with me and me getting really pouty and sour about it and like, oh, you don't love me anymore. And, you know, Um, when I imagine someone doing that to me, I'm like, oh God, like, don't do that to me. Like, 
that's not, that doesn't feel good at all. And it absolutely would start shutting me down where I would then be nervous to tell my truth to my partner. And I would then feel like I had to manage their experience. And, you know, it starts in these small ways, but I think that, um, I just feel like in this relationship more than anyone I've ever had, I feel so like vigilant about those Mm-hmm. The ways that I am manipulating. Because that's what it is. It Again, is. that's also manipulation. Yeah, all caretaking. Totally. Yeah. And if I trace it down, if I actually dissect things, which I like to do, and I think about, okay, he says I don't want to cuddle because I'm sweaty and hot, so I need a little moment here. Right. And then I start, if I were to say something to him, which might be my sort of um, habituated programming, that's like, oh, well, you know, and then start thinking like, oh, you don't love me anymore. Or even say that out loud. Like, oh, right. you know, like be hurt and pouty. Yeah. And then I start to go in like, okay, why am I doing that? Like, what, what am I, what am I actually trying to say? Cause I'm, you know, there's something I'm trying to communicate that I'm not doing directly. Um, and it almost always it is. And this hit did come up for us on the trip one time. Almost always it's some version of like, save me from my own feelings, you know, yes. save me from my own feelings, make me feel loved, make me feel secure make me feel wanted. Like, that's it. That's putting that responsibility on them. Totally. And I think there's a different energy where you, I know I've had, there was a couple times this last week where I kind of had that like, Oh, <laughs> and I, and I, I was very mindful. I'm like, I don't want to project this sensation onto them. And I, I kind of like, I was like, I want to investigate like what is under here? What can, what can I ask for? And to be able to like be aware of that, feel that discomfort, own that discomfort. Yeah. And then, and then I was still able, like, a couple of days later to share my experience. Yeah. But I, I waited until I was able to do it without, like, a passive-aggressive motive. Yes. Of, like, totally. you need to fix this. You need to make, make this, like, different. It was just like, oh, I just want you to know this is something I was experiencing and go, I was going through. Yeah. And just, just to, like, that, it felt good to me to share. But it was like, I couldn't share it until I didn't have that, like, ulterior motive of, right. like, you need to fix this or save me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that I'm just making this connection right now, thinking, hearing you talk about that, that there is a way. So the second, well, originally it was the first thing we were going to talk about, <laughs> but then we talked about honesty instead of which I love. So the second thing is this, is this big leap book. And the basic concept of it is that we're all, and this will come back to what you just said in yeah, a second. Yeah, we're coming back around. Just yeah. trust us. Just, just trust us. Here we go. <laughs> but that we all have sort of a preset thermostat inside of our bodies, our nervous systems, that says how good life can get. Mm. This is how much joy I can feel. This is how much happiness is safe to feel. You know, this is how rich I can be. This is how much love I can have. All of that stuff is sort of pre-programmed from our upbringing and our cultural, you know, what the community around us and right. you know, what, what we were born into, what we were raised in. And that thermostat, it turns out, is actually can be very difficult to go above. So if our thermostat says I'm allowed to be 78 degrees happy in here and then we get <laughs> to 80 degrees happy, for example, you know, a lot. I know I grew up with a, a story in my family that was even directly about happiness that was like it's not actually safe to be super happy. Right. Like there's some, you know, if you're super happy, you look like a fool or you're just the other yes. shoe's about to drop. So it's not, you know, you don't want to get too high because then that's farther to fall. Right. Like all these different stories. And you almost that... deserve to be knocked down. Once exactly. You get there. Yeah. Like you you're being you arrogant. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh-huh. So there's all these stories we have about how to bring us back down at this thermostat range. And that's what really what this book, The Big Leap, is about. And it's amazing. And it talks directly even about strategies that we use and reasons why. Maybe we'll get into some of them here. But, um, but yeah, I feel like I had never really thought. So that's a, that's a body of work, this upper limit idea. 
that has been with me because I started working with Gay and Katie Hendricks like 20 years ago. So I've been thinking about this for a long time. But every year, every time I reapproach this idea, it gets even deeper. And certainly in Infinite Relating, I feel like this has been like key for us, Mm -hmm. for me and for you. Yeah, absolutely. To really allow ourselves to have love, you know, and that's anyone that doesn't think that that's a huge part of it. I just would love to have invite them to question that because I think that, you know, there's, there's one thing to have the partner. There's one thing to physically have a partner. And then there's another, it's a totally other practice to actually let yourself be loved by that person. Yes. Cause I know that I've had partners that were trying to love me and I did not let it happen. Right. Like I deflected it constantly. I blocked it. I would pick fights with them. I would feel unworthy of it. I would sabotage myself. I mean, over and over again. Right. Um, and there they were, you know, it's very humbling to look back years later and be like, wow, I think that guy actually liked me. <laughs> no, it was actually real. I know. I don't think he was just like pretending or right. doing it out of pity or stuck with me and too afraid to tell me he wanted to leave. You know, all these stories I made up about why, why he was there, but not really there. And not trusting it. Yeah. yeah not absolutely. trusting that his word meant anything, Right. you know, that he was actually meaning what he was, what he said. And that my job was to let myself received the love yeah that that was actually really really hard and there was something so that's like the basic concept of upper limiting is that something good happens or expansion happens it doesn't even have to be good but expansion happens and then we get freaked out our nervous system gets freaked out all this happens unconsciously and then we bring ourselves back down to the known the known level of misery (laughs) that we're actually much more comfortable with or of like subpar right living you know yeah And there was some way that when you were saying back to, you know, before we started talking about this, that, you know, our partner delivers us some truth that is authentic for them in their sovereignty. And then we get butt hurt by it (laughs) and can get pouty and uh, manipulative or passive aggressive and pull on them. I never thought of that as actually potentially a way, an upper limit strategy Mm. where instead of sitting in the expansiveness of, wow, I'm with a partner that tells me the truth. Yeah. That means I'm safe to tell the truth. That means I'm having this like delicious, delicious, like free relationship with someone where, you know, we're both at liberty to not caretake, which is everything Uh, I've ever wanted. Right. Like right now they're displaying everything I've ever wanted in my partner (laughs) by telling me, no, I'm too hot and I don't feel like cuddling right now. That's everything I've ever wanted. Oh my gosh. Intimacy, honesty, safety. Yeah. You know, it's like so expansive that instead of being like, wow, that is fucking awesome (laughs) that you feel safe enough with me to tell me that, that you aren't caretaking me, that you see me as powerful instead of seeing me as weak. That one. That you, you know, you are here being raw and real and authentic with me and, you know, believing in us enough that you don't feel like you can't say something just because we'll crumble if you do. Yeah. And so instead of just actually feeling how epic that is, I do a little strategy of thinking that I'm a piece of shit and that you don't like me anymore, which is like a classic way of tanking the relationship and tanking the intimacy and tanking that expansive feeling of like, wow, could we really be, could we really be two free beings and be together? Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. Yes. Yes. That was actually, it was this week when I was going through the stuff and Lee's response to me, he says, you are not my everything. Yeah. And I was like, oh that could be like past Freya would be so hurt by that. Yeah. And I felt so freed mm. by that statement. Cause I'm yeah. like, you're right. Like uh, here I am thinking I have to fill every role. And I'm like, I'm like down on myself because I'm not, but, right. but to just get that reminder of like, 
that's why this is so fucking good. Yeah. Because we are not each other's everything. Yeah. Right. We have created this, like, safety, this container, this freedom to really be our authentic selves and meet each other exactly where we want to at every moment. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's easy, it's easy to forget. It's easy to have these little strategies and not notice. And, and it, yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. And they yeah. creep in. And they creep in. Everywhere. Yes, I think Everywhere. that's it. Like, it requires vigilance and just, like, awareness. And... and Compassion, like self-compassion. Like, yes, of course these things are going to keep coming up. They've kept us safe. Right. They might have kept us small, but they also kept us safe. Yeah, totally. And so choosing this expansion, choosing to kind of break out of that, it it does take. (sighs) Yeah, it takes real. And I, I, so that's, I think that in infinite relating, even more than most types of relating for me, Mm -hmm. this idea of learning how to feel more positive energy, mm-hmm. feel more expansiveness in particular, because the nature of infinite relating is so expansive. Yeah. You know, like we're intentionally saying, let's be bigger than we ever have together. You know, yeah. let's undo this programming that keeps us small, that keeps us in the rut. And like that small and that rut, like you were saying, like that is kind of the th- staying underneath the thermostat level. Right. You know? So it's like on the one hand, people are complaining about their partner um, and the relationship and how shitty it is. But on another level, it's like, we're, they're also very, we're like addicted to that. We're almost. comfortable. Yeah. yeah that's where yeah. we're comfortable. Like we're so much more comfortable. And and that was like really, when that dawned on me, that was a huge moment. I remember another teacher of mine saying like, you know, wanting something is easy, but having it like that's hard. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. wanting, you could want things all day. You can want things and not get them. And that's very painful. Like, of course, like, right. You know, I want something and I don't have it. And this is, I, I feel to be very true in partnership for me. I want a partner and I don't have one and it's so difficult mm. and it's so sad and I'm, you know, I'm upset yeah. about it and I feel lonely. And of course those are real feelings that Absolutely. can be incredibly painful to want that intimacy and not have it. But in my experience, it's, it's very true that like then once that happens, like to not sabotage that intimacy, right. to actually let myself be loved, to actually receive the amount of pleasure that's available to me I mean that is just astronomically more difficult which yes, is why right. I think people fight all the time because <laughs> it's easier it's right. easier to think he's kind of a piece of shit than to be like oh my god oh. I'm so in love with this person that that it scares me it scares me yeah my yeah. vulnerability is so out and and yet they're so I'm letting them be so free but I'm letting myself be so in love at the same time mm. I mean that's that takes it takes work it takes work people. yeah it's bravery <laughs> I like the part too you said about like it, there to feel like feel my power like they believe that I'm powerful and and to, for to step into that with the upper limit of like oh I can I can do these strategies I can blame them it can be mm-hmm. yes yeah, my shitty partner's fault or right. all of these passive aggressive ways but to really like acknowledge like oh my god I I actually have the power here to to get what I want yes. to ask for what I want to and to receive, to receive it. it yeah yep. like. So there has, there's a part that you have to like really believe in your power to do that. Yep. Absolutely. And your worthiness. And your worthiness. Oof. Yeah. I feel like that's in so many ways for me, you know, there's in this book that I'm talking about that I love, The Big Leap, he does go through several other um, reasons why people keep their thermostat low to the yeah. setting, you know, and some of them are like disloyalty and betrayal, you know, like if I if I'm too great, I'm betraying my family, you know, I'm betraying my sibling, you know, I'm like making more money than your parents, you know, can be a real triggering thing for people. And I actually remember 
this is kind of weird that I'm talking about this, but <laughs> I remember being young and one of my aunts um, got a new job as, you know, in a high, high paying industry and bought a new house. And my, uh, her parents, my grandparents were um, like depression era Jews that were like, you know, very, yeah, just struggling. Didn't, struggling yeah. yeah. Had a lot of tragedy in their family. And so she felt so guilty about how nice her house was that she actually covered her furniture in blankets, oh, old wow. blankets to like mask the wealth, you yeah. know, to mask her success. Cause she was like, if, if my dad comes in here and sees this, like, he's going to be mad. He's going to be mad at this ex, what he sees as excess, oh, you know, even gosh. though it was just like, it wasn't even a mansion or anything. It was just a nice, right, you know, like a nice right, house, but absolutely. Nice, nice couch, but you know. But so that feeling, where she came from. exactly. So that feeling Who of does betrayal, she think she is? exactly. Like you're, you know, even if it's like we're miserable in this family, and like, oh, my God. what are you doing being happy? You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm really feeling this as you say it. Like, holy shit, that is. This is. This has actually been a part of my experience mm-hmm. of of being in a relationship that feels so good and so aligned and so right, yeah. and and almost like I don't want to. Um, I don't want to. Um, gloat. I right. Don't, you make know, other people feel I don't want to be, be, make them feel. Yeah. Be, yeah. And it's wow. Yeah. Like I'm almost like I almost like have to like just just like I just have to check myself. You yeah. Know? Like make sure. But but yeah. why? Because like the way I learned, the way I've learned to be here is by the people who have inspired me, who yes. have been big, who have been expansive. But mm-hmm. but it, it there is something. Thank you. This is my work for after the podcast yeah. <laughs> to investigate. Oh, that yeah, that. that I've that I've felt that mm-hmm. that kind of caution of like. Yep. Don't be too happy. Don't be too happy. Don't yeah. get too big for this. Don't right. expand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he goes through all these strategies, and the primary one, though, and according to Gay um, Hendricks, is feeling unworthy. Feeling like there's something wrong with me. You know, I can't have. I can't be this big because I'm fundamentally flawed. I'm broken. I'm broken. Yeah. And for me, that can often play out in terms of like, when the beginning of the relationship, I'm good because I'm able to hide my brokenness. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. Once we're a certain amount of time in, my brokenness is guaranteed to seep out and you'll see it. Right. And then you'll realize that I'm a monster, that I'm a pe- I'm just, you know, not worth your love. Well, and, and I already showed you a lot of my truth last week, so right. you can't really keep showing <laughs> keep truth showing every you. week. Yeah. Like this is you're gonna you're gonna catch on. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh my god. I know. Uh, I know. And I remember like living in fear of that moment, like that first fight, that first time where I'm a mess. Where you remember? Because I remember because it's like right now. Yeah. So I love that. You- <laughs> I'm realizing, like, oh, shit, this is what I'm doing. Totally. Oh, God. Yeah. You're and really I calling think... me out on this one. <laughs> sorry, y'all, sorry. No, totally. This is great. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's... <laughs> this is really good work. We can do it together, everybody. We're in it together. Yeah. We are. We are. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. And it keeps going. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's, like, if we're after continual expansion, which is certainly something that I want in my life. Absolutely. It doesn't stop. It's not like, okay, I expanded and now we're done. (laughs) Right. You know, like, we made it to, like, one degree happier than my family ever was. And so, whoo, like, let's just... You know, and it's okay to take breaks and kind of digest the happiness because it's it is you know it sounds so silly, but it's really real. It's high it's like, sensation. It's high yeah. sensation to be happy and to be in love and to be 
having it having it be smooth and easeful and expansive yeah to yeah. be doing the truth telling and to be seeing my partner as sovereign and to be in my sovereignty and to yeah to trust like oh my god this person could do anything and they're with me right like yes. that's just confronting in and of itself like <laughs> he could be with anyone and he's with me yeah. you know like what like why doesn't I... he know the whole story <laughs> totally. like, there must even be all that truth last week he's there still must here. be something he's not picking up <laughs> on about this equation like doesn't the math doesn't oh, check out but when you settle into it oh my goodness mm-hmm. like yep he's into me and all my pieces and, mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. yeah and letting that in yeah yeah, so that's like a huge portion to me when I think about this idea. How do I have? How do we have the relationships we want? Is let myself have it. <laughs> like it's so simple, but it's like actually just let myself have it, which right. is a whole lifetime of work to me. A whole mm-hmm. lifetime of um, not work. Maybe work's the wrong word, but of exploration. Yeah, yeah investigation. <laughs> yeah, shifting. You know, when I notice that I'm blocking love. Um, even starting to wonder, you know, I think that's always the first place to go is like, we're having a fight. I'm feeling anxious, um, terrified, <laughs> angry, whatever it is to right. just ask the question first, like, could I be trying to sabotage the expansion? Did something amazing just happen? Ooh, right. Like, did we actually just have an incredible vacation? Cause that's so classic. It's like, you know, you have the you have the incredible vacation, and halfway through, I mean, this was how every family vacation I took when I was younger happened, mm-hmm. which I never thought of until now. This is an upper limit thing, but you know, we'd have the flight, we'd have the car, we'd have the tropical location, whatever it was, and then my parents would notoriously start fighting in the car, like pretty much right away. Wow! So instead of enjoying the vacation, you know, we're fighting, and there's tension, and right, because it's just to start wondering or. You know, someone gets a big promotion and then they like fall down the stairs and break their leg or, you know, like all these things happen where we just find ways to bring ourselves back down. They even talk about like, that's the whole, like when people win the lottery, they say like within 18 months, most people are back to where they were. Or worse. Or worse. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It's such an interesting phenomenon the way we. Yeah. So how do we let ourselves have that? I think it's just something that I think that's what we're exploring, honestly. Yeah. I feel like that's what this whole podcast is about and what our relationship is about right. in this capacity, you and me, of exploring this body of work is like, how do we let ourselves have the freedom that our souls crave and the connection that our souls crave at the same time? Right. No, this is, I mean, because this is what like brings it home. I think of like all of the expansive workshops and mm-hmm. spiritual leaders and all of this work that we do. And there really is, there's like, yeah, you learn all the tools and you go to the workshops and you feel expansive, but to like, to really embody it and download yeah. it and allow it to be like oh i i get to be here too yeah totally I get to be in this and oh, i yeah. yeah yeah and i and i am empowered to to continue working on creating it i think yeah. that's like, yeah i'm i'm a i'm an i'm an important part of this equation totally, in these relationships right yeah like how could i because if i wasn't worthy like how could i have even gotten this far so yeah. just like starting to believe that and let that in mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and just recognize when that unworthiness story comes in. Something that I'm playing with is just being like, oh, that's just a, that's just an upper limit thought. Like, that's mm. all it is. It's just my brain trying to keep me safe. Right. And just even dropping it and being like, all right, I'm not going to Yeah, what's gonna really, move on. You what's know? helped me, too, with that piece is, um, is, is like some parts work. And I, I 
don't even have a book, but just like parts work, like, oh, there's that part of me. Right. That part of me is trying to keep me safe. Right. Uh, that part can be here. There, it's, it's okay. But there's also other parts of me that have, have other options, have other tools, and I can let it. And so that has allowed me to just have a little bit more compassion when that comes up. Like, that doesn't, just because that voice is there doesn't mean that the voice defines me. Right. Or gets to run the show. But it's just like, okay, you're there. But so are these other parts that are yeah. actually very capable yeah. of opening, of receiving. Uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so honesty, how to have a relationship you want. Honesty with self and others. Yes. Yeah. Let yourself have it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And then I feel like the third one that I was thinking of around this topic is, um, I was calling it boundaries when I was thinking about this ahead of time. And maybe, maybe that's still true, but maybe we'll talk about it and see. Maybe there's a different word or a better kind of nuance to that. Mm -hmm. But I do think that, um... This has been one of the core lessons for me <laughs> in relationship, um, and especially around infinite relating, and what I think has like was just jaw dropping for me at the beginning, and that is so it's so like obvious that it's kind of ridiculous to say it out loud, but is that like you can't have you can't have things with people when they're not available for them. <laughs> like that's not possible, right? I mean, and that sounds so easy, like. You can have what you want, but you can't have it with someone who doesn't want it with you. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you can't do that. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that understanding that concept for me has been just utterly life-changing in, in allowing myself to have a relationship that I actually want. Right. Instead of laboring under the weight of trying to change someone's mind right. about something fundamentally true for them that right. isn't that isn't possible for me to change. Trying to like, you know, get water out of the stone, whatever it is, like trying to really just fight you, against reality. But here. what if you give them a new book to read? Right. Won't they <laughs> won't that No, you have them talk to your to someone's partner who treats them well. Oh, that's the classic. That's right. It's like he just needs to talk to that guy because that guy gets it. And right. if he just talks to that guy, my my girlfriend's partner who really seems to understand this, oh. they just need to talk. He needs to go to a men's group. That's oh, he's he needs to go. Yes. That's the class. Oh, my God. I, you're just, I'm feeling so called out. <laughs> Not in the current relationship. But, yes. Yeah. Um, many past yep. relationships. He needs to go to a men's group. Yeah, he needs to read a book. He needs to go to a seminar. He needs to. Something. Because then something. he'll be available for this awesome thing that, that I, I want, want to have to have together. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think, actually, this even ties really great into the, you're not my everything. It's yeah. like. It, you're not my everything short of there's so much that is short of everything like you could have so much with the different people in your lives and having having my partner having my beloved not be my everything really frees us up to for us to be together with what's really alive for us yes and for me to be resourced and for him to be resourced with other people in your lives for things that they are alive for yeah. and available for and that feels that feels like really essential. And I, and I know like, I think for both of our partnerships, Bez, that like we, we keep joking, like it takes a village to raise a partnership. And really part of the reason they're so um, high functioning and healthy and vibrant and amazing is because we have, we have a community where we're getting our other needs met. Right. And so, yeah, we're finding people who are available for the thing that we want that maybe our beloved isn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when I think of the, the like, I think number one uh, misery-inducing thing in a relation in relationships I've been in in the past was wanting something I couldn't have with that person, yeah, and belaboring under that desire 
for a very long time. Oh my god, so much suffering. Yeah. And maybe that's why, because for some reason when I was thinking of this concept, the word boundaries kept coming up, and I, as I'm talking, I'm like, how, why are, the, how are those connected, you know? But I think maybe part of the, it's, a, it's more of an inner boundary mm. that I feel like I embody now, which is that um, I am not going to try to change someone. Yeah. I'm not going to um, sit around hoping that they'll want something that yeah. they don't want currently. And just kind of waiting for them to change their minds. Um, it almost took... Yeah, I think that's where the boundaries come in. It's more with myself. It's, um, having clarity around what, I, what I'm up to. Right. And then being willing to take action when something's happening that isn't what I'm up to. I feel like is it... For me, it feels like when I think of it this way, this is when I tap into my radical acceptance. Mm. This is what is. Yeah. So once I radically accept what this person is available for and what they're not available for, that that gives me the power to, to like, make my choices. Right. And so I think that's it. Like, oh, this person is showing me exactly who they are. Right. I'm trusting that. They're showing me exactly what they're available for. It's not this thing that I'm hoping for. Yeah. No matter how... I mean, some, I know that feeling, like, that, like, I... It feels so close, and I want it so much, and this yeah. feels so true and so deep. How could it possibly not work? Yeah, totally. And they're not available, and they keep telling me, and they keep showing me. Yeah. And so I to ex- radically accept that this truth, and 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 to and so like radically accept their truth, and radically accept that this is my truth that I want and need this thing. Yeah. And so who else in this world can I meet? Can right. meet me in this? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that can be obviously so painful. I mean, it's very difficult or it has been historically for me. And I see other people struggle with this too, to have that dawning recognition of like, fuck, like this isn't, yeah. you know, this isn't going to work with this person. Like, right. again, like you were saying, they keep showing me who they are. I think it can be very seductive to be like, well, I can see who they are deep inside. I, know. I see their potential. You know, and I think it took me a long time to realize that everybody has potential. Like, every single person has potential. Every single person is so beautiful on the inside that it's, like, just their soul is so gorgeous, no matter what, who they are. Right. Like, I really, I personally believe that to be true. Even people who do very bad things or evil things. Like, I feel like everyone on the inside is so pure and beautiful. Everyone has so much potential. That's going to be universally true, no matter who you are talking, who you are with, you know. (laughs) But that has, that is... I've had to make that irrelevant for me, right. that their poten- their future potential has nothing to do with what how they're behaving It's right not now. my business. Yeah, it's not something I can control. It might not be something they even access this lifetime. They might not right. want to access it right now. It, you know, like, yeah, just really accepting, like you were saying, someone for what they're showing me right now mm-hmm. um, has been game-changing. And, and why it matters to me and why it matters for this episode is that that's the only way we're going to have the relationship we actually want. <laughs> right. I mean, it seems like duh, obvious, but it's like, you know, if I'm trying to get monogamy, for example, I want a monogamous committed partnership, for example. That's not, I'm not saying this for me, but let's say <laughs> someone did. Um, they wanted that. And they're, I see this all the time. They're dating all these polyamorous guys because we live in Bay Area, California. So there's a lot of poly men out there and people in general, not just yeah. men. They're dating all these people who are who are polyamorous and then they're frustrated and they're right. wondering why, you know, why he doesn't want to settle down with them or right. why they're hurt again because he flirted with someone else. It's like, well, yeah, you know, they you're, you're in the wrong aisle of the grocery store. <laughs> oh, like, like, don't that. do that. You know, yes. 
This is, I just heard this somewhere. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like going to their hardware store to buy sugar and then being mad at the hardware store because they don't sell sugar. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's very clear. Like, no, that, that's, this isn't the place you get that. Right. So you, you just, you radically accept that and, and there's no, and I mean, this is so, it makes it so easy. Like the, the sugar at the hardware store, there's no emotion involved. But when you can look at it like that, if you can step back and mm. not take it personally, like when, when someone's not available for something, it has everything to do with them. Yeah. And really nothing like to do with store. us. Like yeah. the hardware store. The hardware store isn't like rejecting me. They don't dislike me. They don't right. think I'm unworthy of love. They just don't sell sugar. You totally. Know? Like, oh my God, I love that. <laughs> I know, That's brilliant. That? So that, yeah, that, it's just, and it, it takes, it does take, it does take a step back. Yeah. You know, it just takes like, and, and sometimes, sometimes we have to just be with our pain before we could take that step back. And that's okay too. I think that's yeah. where that compassion comes through. Yeah. I love that you brought up that. Yeah. Compassion and radical acceptance. And I think I love, I love how, I love how you and I have our own perspectives on things too. And I, I, I really appreciate you Freya for how often you are so heart centered. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> yeah. And when something like this comes up, you're like, Oh, radical acceptance. And compassion and I'm like you gotta hold the line man <laughs> you gotta yes. be firm you gotta be tough you yes. gotta like not you know you gotta know what you want and Which be like so I'm true. not taking this because this isn't what I want and I, I it's the I think both and that's great that's yeah. why we are so great because that's yes we're so great together <laughs> because we need all of that yeah like I can only do so much with my rainbows and butterflies right <laughs> if I don't have these concrete ideas yeah totally. yeah <laughs> totally oh my god I like I'm just thinking right now of this um, metaphor that I got from another teacher of mine who I never met because he died before I met him or knew him of him. His name is Robert Johnson. He wrote some famous books about the shadow. He wrote this book called um, Inner Gold that was like life changing mm. for me. We're talking about a lot of books, this podcast. Yeah. But anyway, he also wrote some books on um, what he calls masculine and feminine archetypes and psyche. He was a disciple of Carl Jung. And it's a little bit dated because it was from like, you know, the eighties or nineties before non-binary and gender fluidity sort of came on the scene. But I found a lot of it very useful regardless. And he talks about the feminine, um, throughout this whole parable he's telling, but he talks about the feminine, the two feminine tools that he's at least citing. And I got this tattooed on my, I have a tattoo that has a little, um, lantern at the bottom because of this. And he says, there's a lantern and the knife. Mm. And the lantern is to illuminate what's going on, and then the knife is to cut out what isn't serving. Oh, I'm the lantern, and you're the knife. Yeah, I mean, and we're and we're coming together. Yeah, <laughs> and he talks about totally. He talks about those being two different sort of tools that the feminine has, the feminine aspect in anyone has. And he said, which I thought was so freaking funny. He said the problem is that mo- many people in their feminine expression use these in the wrong order. So instead of using the lantern to see what's going on and then cutting out what isn't serving, you bust out the knife and then you use the lantern to see what kind of damage you did. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, I've done that so much. Like the knife is out. The words are flying. I'm cutting shit out. And then I'm like, oh shit, what did I just do? And then you look at the wreckage without even really looking at what's happening first. Right. Um, So I do appreciate that. I appreciate, yeah, that's exactly what we both (laughs) represent here. It's like, when I'm looking at a potential, you know, mismatch between what I want and what's what I'm getting, mm-hmm. like use the lantern to really look at like what's going on, right. and like use that radical acceptance of like, 
I'm shining the light on this relationship and this is what I see. I mean, you can't. Right. I mean, you can twist it in your mind or I can twist it in my mind, certainly. But at the end of the day, the lantern shows what it shows. Right. And if we have this radical acceptance that what I'm seeing is real, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. this is the, this is who this person is. And this can go, I get, for both directions. Like, I'm either seeing our incompatibility or I'm seeing how much they love me. Right. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. And having that radical, radical acceptance and then being able to use the knife to yeah, or draw seeing, those boundaries. Because I'm seeing both. I'm seeing how much they love me and I'm seeing maybe the incompatibility in one part. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't wait, that doesn't mean it has to be the entire relationship, the entire connection. It's just mm-hmm. like, what can this be? Right. And that's where I feel like, exactly. That's where I feel like infinite relating is so delicious for, yeah. for us because it's, um, right, it allows for that instead of having to say okay, well, this person isn't interested in me sexually or they don't want to commit romantically or, you know, yeah. they want monogamy and I want polyamory or whatever it is. Um, that doesn't have to mean that there's nothing there. You know, it yeah. could be like, great, what is what is here that we can connect on? Yeah, this is really a If lie. I feel like it. Because right. that also is another thing that I would never want anyone to think that infinite relating means you have to hang in there and make something work with someone when that's not actually serving no. you. right. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a really important point. And I, this feels really alive in just, like, one of my evolving relationships. Like, I've um, I've had a lover, James, for, I guess, almost two years now. Yeah. And and we, we are, I think we call each other right now growth partners because, Aww. you know, it's really sweet. It's really, it's really, really special and dear to me. And, and the way our relationships have evolved as, um, you know, he's very openly poly and has many lovers and partners, which is really beautiful and exciting the way he shares it. I get to uh, cheer his growth on. And, and he's, and I was with him, I've been with him in some type of relationship the entire time that Lee and I have come together. And so, and he's been so supportive. Like I get to go into this deeper dive kind of monogamish container with Mm -hmm. Lee and that could leave that could leave my connection with James in a really awkward space, but yeah. it hasn't because like just looking at it with radical acceptance of like, we keep James and I have kept coming together for the last couple of years. of like, okay, where are we now? Where yeah. are we now? What are you available for? Yeah. And it, it isn't an all or nothing. Like we just had a, you know, a kind of a check-in is like, well, yeah, we're still, we're still friends. We're still cheering each other on. We still love each other. And so it, it allows like, it, it, it didn't have to be like, well, my relationship with Lee started, so that relationship ended. Right. It was just like, okay, so what's still here? And we get to choose. And, and at, at any point, if he was like, well, this isn't enough for me. Like, I thought we were more. And this, mm-hmm. and he could have walked away. And that, yeah. you know, I would have wished him well and loved him. But instead, we both get to go, oh, well, we're still available at this point. Right. We still get to love each other and have this type of connection. And I think that, I don't know, that just feels like a really good example of like, Yes, we we're not going to continue at the deep lovership that we were. Right. Um, but there's there's we can shine shine that lantern on it and kind of see what's there and, and, yeah. and check in with each other what works and yeah. And sometimes it's ending a relationship, but sometimes it's just like finding yeah finding what you both are a yes for yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, James. Yeah, we love you, James, <laughs> so much. Such a dear, such a dear soul. Yeah. Yeah, that was I. I love that reminder and how um, I feel like that concept of you know the in, the core of infinite relating, which is yeah. what's here, you know what's here now, what's available now, what's actually true between us, really played out. It's not honestly played out through my entire relationship with Max, but especially at the beginning, um, as he was exiting another 
relationship. I mean, it had been, it's a whole complicated story that I'm not going to get into, but there was some dis- detangling still going on for right. him that made him more and less available for, for different types of connections with me. And I think also for, for me, and this is a really nuanced thing why that lantern is so important to really look at everything that's yeah. there. Um, yeah, I remember me, in the beginning. Was, yeah, there was always, it, yeah. Like, I was am like, I crazy? Is this like a bad idea? Yeah, I was. I was like, is this a toxic, am I in a toxic relationship? Because <laughs> like this week we're not having sex because, you know, of, of various needs um, going on, you know, for him or for us. And then this other week we're super close. And then now we're not really sure what's going to work and what we story, want. And from old story, it could have looked, mm-hmm. yeah, it could have looked like, what are you doing? Yeah. But, and I think that's when this, you know, part of this lantern and the honesty and the whole thing is really looking at like, does, does what I'm, does what I'm seeing right now work for me? Yeah. Does this, does this work for me? Like, is, am I, am I a yes to what's on offer here? And am I a yes for what's on offer or am I a yes because I'm thinking potential? Right. I think that is a discernment. You weren't like, oh, well this could be something. So I'm here. You're like, no, am I a yes for this right here in this moment? Yep. Yep. With what's here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think like, again, because of my, you know, I also wasn't looking for a relationship at all. So that was, it kind of worked for me because I was like, great. I don't really, I don't at all want a traditional relationship. So if he had been like, babe, I love you and I want to move in with you and I want to be monogamous with you and I want to be deeply committed, I would have been like, no. Yeah. So it actually worked really well for me. Yeah. Um, that it was, that it was, that, that there was a lot of questioning and like taking step by step, stone by stone, just like what's, what's actually here, what's actually here. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But I, again, just want to, it feels important to my heart to be like, that just happened to be my journey. And all of you out there listening, you're going to have your own and it yeah. could be very different. And some of those, some of those journeys, you know, some of it is, you know, my heart's desire is burning for this one thing. I want it to be with you, but it's not, Yeah. you know, and, just... and having that reckoning, um, that neither of us have had yet with our current partners. With our current partners, But yeah. that, I mean, I would anticipate at some point, at least like I said, in my situation, that could totally happen. Oh, where, yeah. you know, it starts to become incompatible. Um, and it starts to just not be, yeah, not be what I want anymore. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, and that's the thing, I think, too, with infinite relating is, like, accepting, or not even just accepting, respecting and loving that we're dynamic creatures and that we're connecting with other dynamic creatures and these continual check-ins of of what's here. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right. Thank you for being I know. That was so good to be back. I'm going to go have to do my work after this episode. (laughs) All the things that you triggered. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd love to hear from you too. We have our infinite relating podcast, Facebook group that you can join and post questions on there. We can have some really juicy discussions and talk about this episode or any or how yeah. what your experience is, what came up for you. We would love to talk to you. So yeah. please do join that. We all grow together. Yeah, absolutely. All right. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Hang out with us more at infinite relating dot love and stay infinite.